Welcome to Geocache Adventures with me, Shadow Dragon One, where I discuss geocaching and my adventures with it. If you enjoy the show, please leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts or on the Geocache Adventures Facebook page. You can also sign up for the Geocache Adventures newsletter, which features upcoming episode information, behind the scenes articles, and other fun articles and information. In this episode, we highlight several caches throughout the conversation, so this is your spoiler alert now. You have been warned. This interview was recorded using Zoom and may sound different than other podcast audio. Hi, everybody. Amy, Shadow Dragon One here, and with me today is fellow geocacher and fellow podcaster, Leah. Thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. I'm glad to be here. So I always like to ask my guest, what's your geocaching name and how did you get started geocaching? Well, I just recently changed my geocaching name. I started uh, geocaching with my kids. I have four kids and honestly, taking them anywhere, like the movies or bowling or and doing anything with four kids, you have to take out a loan. Yeah. So <laughs> when I found out about geocaching, I thought that is perfect because it's free and it's fun and it's intriguing and interesting. And so I started doing it with my four kids and their interest in it, they loved it, but their interest in it waned, whereas mine stayed. And so here recently, uh, because of my podcast, because uh, uh, the listeners are the curiosity seekers and, and they would be geocachers, we did this big campaign where we sent out trackables. And so when I sent out the track, did the trackable campaign called Release the Kraken, I changed my podcast name to, I mean, I changed my geocaching name to my podcast name. So it's Remnant Stew. That's, that's who I am on the geocaching website. And for those who may not get the Kraken reference, your guys' mascots and your logo is Sir Kraken, and he's in kind of like a soup bowl holding a wooden spoon. Holding, yeah, that's right. That's right. Which so is we're horrible. <laughs> we're weird and quirky, and uh, our podcast is all about turning off the news and tuning into something curious. And so I listen to it, and you guys have some really just. I, I don't know where you get your, I know you guys get stuff from Atlas Obscura, but you get like the yes. most random stuff. <laughs> we do. You really do. And every once in a while you get something that I've heard about and then I get so excited because it's like, I've actually heard of that before. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. And you know, that's what, the, that's who our listeners are, are the, the people that love to uh, it's the geocachers. It's the people that love to not just live the day-to-day drudgery of, of everyday life of going to work and going to sleep and getting up and doing the same thing every day. It's the people that love to get out and experience life a little bit more adventurous and, and more on, on curiosity side. So there you go. So how are your, your Krakens that you have released into the wild doing? Have they officially launched They, well, okay, so I sent out 50 and honestly, I haven't mailed out all 50 and some of them came back because I sent them overseas and it just kind of got crazy, but well, just a couple of them came back, whereas most of them went anyway. So they are out there. Um, I had one, this was really interesting. Um, I'm kind of new to trackables. And so I have all of these out there and this geocacher picked it up and I want to say it was in Iceland. It was one of them in Iceland. 
picked it up and took it from cache to cache to cache to cache, like four pages <laughs> on the geocaching website of different caches. They just took it to yeah. and didn't drop. That was really interesting, but they dropped it yesterday. So it's traveling okay. around Iceland and I have some up in Canada and I have some over in Georgia and they're all over the place. It's awesome. I love it. So look for a Kraken near you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to talk with us today about, and I believe they're one of your favorite cache types, a cemetery cache. Absolutely. I love cemetery caches. I love cemeteries. <laughs> and and I'm not really, you know, goth or, or spooky or anything like that, but, um, but I absolutely love cemeteries. I have been visiting cemeteries even before I was caching. And, um, and I know that there's a lot of, there's a, we're going to talk about the controversy a little bit. If they're controversial, a little bit of caches, one, yeah. right. Yeah. So real plain and simple, a cemetery cache is just a geocache that's hidden in or relatively near a cemetery that's simple right. <laughs> and, and i know that we we're in uh the same uh geocaching groups and we've seen people argue yes. about about the cemeteries a lot of people think that they're it's against the rules it is interesting how and, and i get for some people cemeteries in general are just kind of creepy <laughs> they they get creeped out by it there you know it's a reminder of your own mortality and they don't right. want to go there but yeah there are some people that just find it downright disrespectful and rude well and and i can understand that to a certain degree but i think that um you, you really can't talk about cemeteries without talking about death and i think that uh in my opinion my uneducated and <laughs> it doesn't stop me from having an opinion um I really feel like as a society, at least in, in America, we have really separated ourselves from death. You know, we don't prepare our dead like they used to. I mean, I remember my mother-in-law telling me that um, when she was a little girl, she, as the oldest of all of her siblings, she got to take part in preparing her grandmother for burial. And it, it kind of freaked her out a little bit as a little kid. She was nine years old. Yeah. Uh, but she got to braid her grandmother's hair. Yeah. I mean, to us nowadays, that's so weird. That is such yeah. a, a bizarre thing. But she the US, really, yeah. she really cherished it. She really cherished it. And so, as we've gotten you know more and more modern, and we we pay for services that we would have normally done ourselves, we've really gotten away from from dealing with death face face to face. And um, but it wasn't that long ago that cemeteries were picnic places. Like families would get together. It was more like a a park, a very manicured, you know, park yeah. and, and families would go and visit their loved ones and, and picnic and the kids would run and play. And it wasn't a taboo thing to have fun in a cemetery. So, so there's that. Um, but I do know that, that there are some cemeteries that are closed to anyone else, anyone that is not a mourner or has someone interred there. Yeah. Um, but I think that that's more of a sad statement to vandalism and disrespect yeah. than anything else. Um, I love spending time in, in cemeteries and I have a daughter that's 13 and I have taken, we live actually, we live in a historic 
uh, town, little historic town in, in Texas. It's one of the oldest. It's Montgomery. And it has three historic cemeteries. And we've been to all three. And the history is, is crazy. So when you're in the cemetery, you get a sense of the history of the place. And it's peaceful. And without getting too far into the, the woo or whatever, I feel a connection to the people that, that had gone on before, even though my family isn't from this area. Mm-hmm. And that, that's not my family, but there's, there's Civil War soldiers in there. There are people that died of yellow fever and it's that's a connection to to the history of this area and i love it i love that connection yeah and i've heard a lot of people say you know they feel regardless of what your spiritual belief is or whatever they feel more connected to that spirituality when they're in a graveyard or cemetery because of what that means to them so it a lot of it, I think it really is just about perspective of the cemetery. And I will admit my very first cemetery cache, we never grew up going to cemeteries to, to visit. We just didn't. My family just didn't. I, I know a lot of families don't really do that. It just kind of depends on, on your background. But the first cemetery cache I did, it felt a little weird to me. And I debated actually right. doing it because that was just something you just didn't do. You go to the cemetery and visit a grave, but there was just never, it was never really anything that we ever thought about to go just, it was just not a natural thing for me to just go to a cemetery and just walk around for the heck of it. And right. it actually took me to a memorial monument that I had no clue was there and it was actually about uh, it was actually for a tragedy for a local historical bridge and a tragedy that had happened and there was I forget I think it was 12 workers or so died during that and there was this monument there to memorialize that I had no clue about the bridge even because that bridge doesn't exist anymore (laughs) See, yeah, see, and then it tied you to the history of the place. Yeah. I think that is absolutely cool. It was, it was neat. It was very interesting to learn about that. And then, like you said, you know, you, in especially larger ones that have been around for a while, it's very interesting. You, it's almost like a timeline of the grain stove markers where you can see the old ones and then they just eventually blend into the newer ones and it's it's also interesting just to see the different styles and how that has changed over time with culture and society as well oh see and i i love symbols i I love symbols of all kinds and and studies semiotics which is symbology and and the symbols that are in uh on tombstones and gravestones i mean you can learn so much about the person that's interred there because there's so many uh religious different religions have different symbols. There's uh, the Masonic Lodge, there's different fraternities. I mean, there's so many uh, different symbols and you can tell with that, that, and it's not really a, a testament so much to the person that's interred there as to the family that, that chose that mm-hmm. tombstone, but um, the pearly gates and you've got the, uh, one of my favorites is the um, hourglass. Sometimes you see the hourglass with wings and that's a symbol of time fleeting. Uh, so cemeteries are just, 
they're just chock full. And I really don't think that, that people chose the tombstone for nobody else to see it. You know, yeah. I think it's a statement to, to not just their loved ones that'll come and visit, but to, to the ages that might come visit. And, um, and it, you talked about going into, I've always gone into cemeteries, uh, just for the historic reasons. I love history. I love the history of a town. Anytime I go to a new town, visit for whatever reason, I try to go to the cemetery. Uh, this is going to sound so spooky. <laughs> and I also try to go on a ghost tour because if you yeah. find, if you, it, that's a great way to learn all the history, just like this crash course. Yeah. And, and it gives you a real feel for the people that live there. And, um, but I will say this. So, so I, I'm very comfortable in a cemetery, but in our town of Montgomery, there's three historic cemeteries. And there was one that um, I had never gone into because it was the black cemetery. It It's historic. It's been there for a long, long time, but it's also still being used. And I just didn't feel like I should go in there. Right. Mm -hmm. Not that anybody ever made me feel that way. I just felt like I would be intruding. And, uh, but there was a cache in there, a puzzle cache. And I took my daughter one day and we went in there and we loved it. And they have a gazebo in there. I mean, you wouldn't put a gazebo in a cemetery if you didn't want people to visit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, we loved it. It was our first puzzle cache. And, um, and it was my first visit to that cemetery, even though I had gone to the other two cemeteries in town many times. So I loved that. Was the puzzle related to the history of the cemetery by chance um oh gosh it's been so many years it it did talk about the history a little bit it talked about when the the cemetery had been founded and that it was um unfortunately very sadly outside the city limits at that time uh because when it was when it was established segregation was very much a thing right it did talk about that and then it sent you to from from certain historic tombstones to the next as you went and so you got a little bit of the history and it's just to see how much it, that's another thing about about looking at tombstones and looking at um the different ones in cemeteries you can tell almost who was queen of the town not queen but you know who was very much loved and who yeah you know and so this puzzle cache gave you that feel for these people um and and told you a little bit about the person a little bit more about the person that was interred there than their tombstone did it was really awesome it was really awesome i looked that one up recently again and there's several do not finds on it or did not find on it so i wonder if it's still um still a viable geocache mm. Hopefully the, the owner will check that one out and do maintenance on it. it. It sounds like, it sounds really interesting. It sounds like it takes you to some interesting spots. It really spots. does. Uh, and I have one more story. This was, this was so cool. I went um, on a trip, a road trip out of town, and uh, not too long ago, just a couple months ago. And on my way back, um, I saw that there was a, a cemetery geocache. And so I stopped, and this was out in the middle of nowhere, this little bitty cemetery on this country road. And I went in there. It was beautiful. It had a gate. It was um, Ferris Family Cemetery in Madisonville, Madisonville, Texas. And so I took pictures, and there were uh, 
there were tombstones and there was a, a historical stone telling about the family. And I took a lot of pictures. I did not find that geocache because I really had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I really had to pee. <laughs> One downside to, to cemeteries and right. graveyards. <laughs> well, you know, it was wooded and I'm not against squatting in the woods, but I am against squatting in the cemetery. Yeah. So. yeah now that does so, feel disrespectful. To right. So I left with a do not find, did not find on there. And, um, but I posted my pictures on Facebook and one of my dearest friends, Karen said, that's my family cemetery. I had no idea. I had known her for years and never knew her, her maiden name. And, uh, that was her family cemetery. And, and she didn't know there was a cash in there. Wow. So she found out and she was, a, she was delighted. That's neat. Yeah. Un unfortunately, our culture in the u.s just does not really revolve around i'm some families do evolve around going and visiting the cemetery to remember those who passed but in my experience most people that i talk to when they remember or celebrate those who have passed it's by sharing stories of them and not sure. necessarily going to a gravesite. But you have so many cultures, other places in the world, where the families are responsible for keeping up the graves. And a well-kept yeah, grave right. is a sign of respect and shows that you have family that care for you. That's right. That's right. And, uh, and it's funny because as much as I love cemeteries, I don't, personally, I don't want to be buried. I would love to have a tombstone. I would. But, <laughs> but I don't want to be buried. I don't want to. I think we're moving kind of up ecologically minded way of, of burial or not burial, but of, um, dealing with death. But, um, but visiting, visiting, my family still does. We go to, and I haven't been in a long, long time with them, but my husband's family, as well as my family go and visit, uh, the graves of their loved ones and clean it off and make a day out of it. I don't know. I mean, they don't necessarily picnic or, or anything like that, but they do. They go and make a day out of it. And I know that uh, my grandparents are, are buried uh, several towns away. And so anytime any one of us heads out in that direction, we make a, a you know, point of visiting and doing that. So, I mean, I think it just depends on, on your family and yeah. how you were raised and, and that sort of thing. Um, but I do think that cemeteries over the last several years have become almost taboo. I would agree you with know? that. Although it, I do think with the pandemic, so, you know, maybe not to a great extent, I think to some extent people have started utilizing cemeteries during the pandemic a bit more like a park in the sense of just being able to go out and walk someplace away from a bunch mm -hmm. of people. Um, and I don't remember whether it was last summer or last fall, but in, you know, in the midst of the pandemic, basically, um, I went out and I did a couple cemetery caches and I was actually surprised by the number of people that I saw there walking on the paths, walking their dogs on the paths, just to be able to get out and go someplace different that wasn't crowded. That wasn't crowded. Right. And, and just be able to get outside 
And I, I do think some, at least some people have started seeing that maybe this isn't such a horrible thing to go do. But I think in general, it is still very taboo here in the States for most people. Right. Right. And I want to change that. Let's change that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because like my family never really went to go visit family at the cemetery. But if somebody else was buried, well, we're here at the cemetery, so let's go visit over here. Right. But then again, there would be other times where it's like, oh, hey, we're going to go, you know, we were, I just remember this one time we were at my grandma and grandpa's and they had a little, a tiny little town in the middle of nowhere, Missouri. And there was the one cemetery with the church inside of town. And there was one cemetery that wasn't part of the church outside of town. And the one inside the town was like a block from their house. And I just remember my grandma going, they put in the neatest tombstone the other day. Let's go see it. <laughs> say, I, I would love your grandma then. <laughs> and, and it was just like, and nobody questioned it was the thing. It was literally like, oh, okay, let's go see it. And it was like, it was this laser engraved image on the back of the tombstone. I don't remember what it was, but that just sticks out in my memory that it was, oh, okay, let's go do this. But it was, it, nobody blinked twice. It was like, okay, let's go see the tombstone grandma wants us to go see. And I don't know whether it was because grandma wanted us to go see it or, or what. I, I was younger. I, I had to be, I was under 12. So I, so I was younger. So I was just like, okay, they say we're doing it. We're doing it. But none of the adults ever batted an eye. But then again, None of them, also, they, you know, they never were the ones to take us to go visit family grave sites either. So it was, that's probably why that stuck out in my head, because it was, for my family, not a common thing. Just go walking in the graveyard for any reason. But nobody batted an eye because we were going to go look at this tombstone. So, Well, yeah, but it's interesting. Like, I mean, it probably, I don't know, but it probably was, you know, look at all these cool tombstones and you can't help but notice the difference throughout the years of, of the different symbols and the different types and like uh now you can see some some portraits on on the tombstones and everything well i heard and i haven't seen any like this i heard that now um what is it qr or qc qc codes or qr codes qr codes uh that there are some tombstones that now have qr codes that you can scan it and then find out about the person. Oh, that's and so, interesting. Yeah. And uh, so, and, and if I can plug my my podcast, we are doing a, uh, a, a an episode also on, um, I can't remember when it drops, um, but uh, October 27th or something like that, uh, about different kinds of uh, curiously interred is what it's called. Uh, October 25th is when it is. And, and it's all about different, weird, odd, uh, cemeteries and, um, and tombstones. And, and for instance, there's one of this, uh, little girl where they built her a dollhouse. That's her, that's her tombstone. She has this large dollhouse that other kids can go in and play. Oh, wow. Right on top of where she's buried. And so I, I just find it so interesting and throughout the years and everything. And one of the things that I found out just here recently about the, you know, I said that we have three historic cemeteries in our town. 
the reason, okay, and you, I think you wanted to mention the difference between a graveyard and a cemetery, with a graveyard being uh, in, in a churchyard, yeah, right? It's, it's a very subtle difference, but. Well, um, so I never really realized there was a difference between the graveyard and cemetery. I've, already, I've always used those as synonyms, but in our town, we have a graveyard right off of the church, and then we have a cemetery further on, and I thought, and they're historic, they go back into the 1700s, or at least the what the churchyard one does. Um, I thought that it filled up during yellow fever pandemic. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason they started the other. No, there were oh. some, there were some uh, thieves that came into town and robbed the bank and they were killed in town. And when they, and so when they were buried, they didn't want to bury them in the churchyard yeah. in the gra- in the graveyard. So they created the new cemetery. And this was back in the 1800s. So it was the new cemetery. It's still the new cemetery. It's the newest <laughs> cemetery we've got. And it's still being used today, but that's the reason that it was, and it was located outside of town. And so uh, that's the reason that we have those two uh, different cemeteries. We have the old and the new. Yeah. And it's interesting that that's how a lot of those cemeteries that are not associated with churches got started because it was non-members, non-believers or criminals a lot of the times Mm -hmm. that they didn't want in the churchyard somebody that was excommunicated from the church or something that they did not want in the churchyard for whatever reason. So with all of these fascinating facts to find out and, and to discover, why wouldn't you want to go to a cemetery? <laughs> why wouldn't you want to hide a cash in there? And well, and I will have to say, you have to say this, you have to make this point that um, when you are looking for a geocache in a cemetery, other people that are in the cemetery, their needs trump your own. Oh, you've yes. got to be, yeah. I mean, you've got to be respectful of that and maybe leave and come back at another time. I think that um, is the biggest takeaway for cemetery caches. Whether you're hiding or finding is you have to be respectful about it. Absolutely. If there's any services going on, you don't need to be there. In my well, opinion. services, you know, definitely services. But even if you just notice somebody visiting, uh, maybe needing some quiet time, and yeah. and and the cash is over near there, let's not go. Look. Yeah, let's let's <laughs> let them go look be. for it. Right. Yeah, let's respect the mourners who are there. Right. But I personally don't think that the, the people that are interned at the cemetery or graveyard are going to be overly caring one way for the other if there's somebody visiting so <laughs> I, for, I for whatever the reason is I mean you know I, I'm sure wherever we end up afterwards it's it's great to know people are visiting and I think people are you know I I know a lot of people that are, just wouldn't care as long as somebody was visiting they wouldn't care if they showed up for a geocache or to take a picture of something or whatever just because they stopped and they took the time to look at the tombstone and think about what that meant to somebody. Look at the dates and realize that that represents a person. Absolutely. I like to think that they enjoy it, that they enjoy the visitors. (laughs) (laughs) um, And then also if you are going to visit a cemetery for whatever reason, um, 
you know, always try to, and, and this is a, a mantra among geocachers, um, always try to leave it better than you found it. So, you know, maybe take a, a plastic trash bag or something like, and not a trash bag necessarily, but like a grocery bag, some yeah, small bag. bag or target. Right. To pick up some trash if you find it or whatever, and absolutely leave it in as good a shape as you found it, if not better. Absolutely. Cash in, trash out whenever, whenever you can. Right. That's right. Yeah. And circle back around a bit. It's interesting that you mentioned the QR codes on grave sites because in near my area over in St. Louis, there is a cemetery called, and I'm probably not going to pronounce this right, the Bellefontaine Cemetery, Bellefontaine. Okay. It's been featured in um, Geocacher's FDF magazine. There are several geocaches there, several where I goes, Adventure Labs, there's a couple gadget caches, but what is really interesting to me, and it, it I found out about this because I was looking at, I haven't been there yet, I'm kind of planning out a trip to go, to go do it one day when I get, get a chance to go check these out. In the description on one of the cache pages, it has a, quote, bonus trackable location where a geocacher, a person who's buried there, was a geocacher and loved it so much, there is a trackable code carved in their tombstone. Oh, oh, that is cool. So that you know they cool. want people to come. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> and check that out. Oh, that is very cool. Yeah, so that's that's on my my ever growing geocaching to do list. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and one last story. Um, I took my daughter, who's fourteen. I took her along one time on a uh, uh, geocaching, and again, this is in my town, but it's it, it's outside of the city limits, so it's a little further down a country road. And I took her to. Um, if we were just traveling that way, we had some time. I said, well, let's look up if there's any caches in the area. Well, it happened to be a cemetery cache at an abandoned church that I had passed. I've been passing this for, oh my goodness, 30 years and never noticed this place. And, and certainly never, I mean, I noticed the church, but I never noticed that it had been abandoned. Yeah. Um, and, but I never noticed the cemetery. It was a little cemetery and we went, she was totally creeped out. <laughs> um, but we went and the cache was right on the fence line of the cemetery and I never would have known. I never would have known it was there. And the, the original minister of that church was interred there with his wife. I mean, there, there's just all this historic, uh, information on the plaque that, um, and then the second minister and his wife are also interred there. And it's just part of the history of our town that I had no idea about and um, drug my, my daughter along. And she's like, let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> she was a little scared about it, but, but uh, it was really cool. It was an abandoned cemetery. I never knew it was there. That is cool. We actually last winter down in Southern, my husband's family's down in Southern Missouri. So we go down there every year for like a, a family Christmas dinner in early December and we were down there and and he does humor me when we have time and he says are there any geocaches in the area you want to check out and there was one that I found that was kind of outside of town it's like okay we can hit that on the way home it happened to, he had no idea this place was here and 
it happened to take us to, I'm not going to use the right term. I'll have to look it up later. It was like a poplar's cemetery. It was a cemetery for, it was a type of home for people that had nobody to take care of them. Oh, for like, okay. it, it was like different homeless that were in and out or people who were not mentally stable or could not take care of themselves. And poppers. they were at a poppers. Grave yeah. Poppers. Okay. Yeah. I think I said poplars though, which is, <laughs> I knew I was not going to get the word right. So, and the, the housing area is no longer there, but it was one of those places where they could live there. If they, you know, they would work to basically have for rent and right there. And a lot of the people that passed there were young teens and, and people with just nobody to bury them or anything. And there was the cemetery, almost all the graves were unmarked. There was uh -huh. like, I'm trying to remember, there was a, maybe two actual markers from the original site and i i'd have to go back and pull up the cash description because it had the information on there but at some point i think it was the historic society found the records oh, wow. and they put a monument there yeah with as much information as they could and there's a lot of names on there that you know it's just a first name or it even just says a boy or a little girl because they don't know the name and um, they don't even necessarily know the birthday or even necessarily the death date or year. Some of them don't even have a year associated to them either way on this marker. And it was just, it, it was kind of wild to see because other than like this one or two other tombstones sitting there, you would have had no clue what this was. It just looked like it was this random place at a field. Oh, wow. And, and, and as sad as that sounds, I also, oh my goodness. And I, and I don't want to get too much into the spiritual and all of that kind of stuff, but I also think that, that you going there made you think of the people that were there. I mean, somebody thought of them, you know, somebody, they were on somebody's mind and they were, they were, um, loved for that moment so i think yeah. it makes a difference i really do it doesn't even if it doesn't make a difference to those who have passed i think it's it affects the person standing there thinking about it absolutely whether it's just because you learned about the history or you're just overcome with emotion because of it or it makes you think about life in general I truly think it affects people. Right. Right. So cemetery caches, I, I absolutely recommend them. If they're not your thing, I, I get it. I understand it, but I think you're really missing out. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. Yeah. The only problem if you love cemetery caches is there's not an easy way to search for them in the app because they don't have that attribute that you can search for. Right. Now, right. sometimes they do have the name of the cemetery 
or cemetery listed in the name, depending right. on how they set it up. But you just kind of have to know where the cemeteries are. That's yeah. That's how check I've the map to see. There's a couple near me where it's actually named like Howell Cemetery Cache. So it's pretty obvious that's a cemetery cache. <laughs> right. Yeah. Most of them do not have that. So. So geocaching.com kind of, you know. <laughs> yeah. Come on, guys. Come on, Groundspeak. Other people have mentioned this before. <laughs> but you know what? Okay. So that, that brings up a good point, though, because um, there's, there's some debate out there of whether or not in, in some countries or even in some states, whether it's legal yeah. to do this. And, and I know that uh, I came up when researching for this interview, I came across uh, a Reddit conversation about whether or not it, it was legal to do so in Tennessee to hide a cash in I've a cemetery in Tennessee. That uh, Tennessee. And there was another Maybe it was South Carolina. There was another yeah, state I, was, I saw yeah, it. I think it was South Carolina. I could and not find any actual, I found people, you know, personal blogs and stuff that quoted that. I could not find any actual documentation and it may just be that I don't know where to look. Right, right. But I'm thinking that maybe geocaching, the people at geocaching.com are mindful of maybe that it's a little controversial and so they don't want to stir the pot or you maybe. know or if it is illegal and there are caches out there maybe not bring it to light I don't know I don't know but. I I have heard and I don't know if it it might be a state or maybe a city county thing and I I don't remember exactly where this was at but I have heard that in some places playing games in cemeteries is Banned. And if you look at geocaching as a game, right? And I could see where you make that correlation. Now the I saw, and I'll I'll list this one blog post in the uh, in the show notes. But I saw a blog post where it was claiming that it specifically said geocaching in the list of banned activities. But again, it was a conversation rather than a an actual legal document. Right. right. I could not find an actual legal document and it may just be, I'm not looking in the right place and it may be because I'm not in the Tennessee courthouse looking up documentation. Sure. But, but the, it is interesting. It, well, and it, and it brings up the point that different states, different areas and just different cemeteries have their own sets of rules and you have to, um, you have to at least be aware of that. Like, I, I don't know of any cemetery that's going to allow you to be there after dark. Um, you know, they, that most of them at very least have the, the dawn to dusk times yeah. and that's it. Some of them even have set times that from this, this particular time to that particular time. And, um, and I know that the cemeteries in New Orleans, some of them you can't even go into unless you have family in there. And, and so you just have to be aware of the rules and, and trespassing is just not a, a good thing to do. Yes, in general, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why it is always important to ask permission, obtain that permission before you place a geocache, no matter where you're trying to place it. Yeah, absolutely. Is there anything else 
you can think of that you would like to touch on before we well, I, I'm going to put a plug in there for what we have going on right now with Remnant Stew Podcast is that we have a cemetery crawl, and that is a contest. It's a scavenger hunt for tombstone symbols, um, and we only have, you only have two more days left because it, <laughs> it closes on the 22nd at midnight. Um, and so it, go over to remnantstew.com and, uh, and look at that tab, that's cemetery crawl. We have some amazing prizes, and, uh, and get in there. You have time. You have time. All you have to do is find six different symbols to get your name into the drawing. There you go. That shouldn't be too difficult. And and maybe get a geocache while you're doing it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> get a two for that way. Amy, it is always so good to talk to you. It has been a blast. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and doing this. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you asking me. Thank you so much. And I'll definitely link to the Remnant Stew social medias and pages because it is an awesome podcast. I'm a fan. Oh, I encourage you. others to go check it out. If you like anything that's kind of weird and obscure and maybe off the beaten path, go check it out. <laughs> You've got a pretty awesome podcast yourself. Thank oh, you. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Geocache Adventures with me, Shadow Dragon one Have you heard of FTF Magazine? It's the magazine for geocachers. It is full of articles and photos, all sent in by geocachers like you. In fact, some of the guests that you've heard on this show have submitted articles to Geocacher Magazine. They have all kinds of neat stuff and publish achievements that are sent in by geocachers. So if you have an achievement you want to celebrate, send it in and they will add it to the magazine. It is really cool. I recommend it. I subscribe to it myself and I love it. Go check it out at ftfgeo.com. That's ftfgeo.com. And let them know Shadow Dragon 1 sent you. Would you like to be a guest on the show? Do you have a topic you'd like to hear more about? Let me know at geocacheadventures.org. Go over to the contact page and you can send me a message there. It has the podcast email that you can email me to, or you can reach out to ShadowDragon1 on geocaching.com. Geocacheadventures.org also has a store page now. You can go over there, geocacheadventures.org, and click on the store page in the menu bar and check it out. Got some great stuff over there for you.